Listen to Ruckus Avenue Radio on Dash Radio.com and download the app today. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Aesthetic Soundwaves. I am your host, Glass. Thank you for tuning in, everyone, everywhere. Appreciation and thanks, like always. Before we go any further, I have to give uh, just a shout-out to my sponsors and my association with Ruckus Avenue Radio and Dash Radio. Go check them out at ruckusavenueradio.com. That's ruckus, spelled R. U-K-U-S and dash radio.com also. And, like always, I need to give a proper shout-out to the one and only Dilla's Delights. Folks, go check them out there, too. www.dillasdelights.com for updates, so forth, and so on. And, what can I say? Always enough love and respect to the whole entire crew and staff. Thank you for the support. World shoutouts. World, of course, right? And universe. <laughs> Austria, Canada, Kyrgyzstan, Peru, Philippines, Ca- California, Idaho, Michigan, Mexico, and Detroit. Of course, like always, thank you for the support, listens, and everything everywhere, folks. It means so much to me. So, today, I am I'm just bringing you guys pure oration and readings from whether it be books or poems. So, I'm slowing the pace down, but you know how I do it. That's AS style. That's how Glass does his thing, right? Never stick to one theme. So, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to play you a cut off a oration record. And it's off a James Joyce novel, Finnegan's Wake, Shim the Pin Man. Now, Cademan Publishers released this recording in 1959. It's read by Cyril Cusack. And I'm, instead of me really getting into too depth of James Joyce material, I'm just going to give a few brief statements and then kind of read off from the back and you guys can get it from there. But... The few James Joyce novels I have read, they're very wordy. You know, their storytelling is kind of like <laughs> a older 
non-televised version of a Seinfeld episode. Sometimes it won't make sense, right? Things like that. So, but James Joyce was in a realm of his own, right? Uh, very much storytelling-wise, so to speak. But rather than me babble, I think the description off the back of this record says a lot. So let me get into this, if you will. Open quote here. The spoken word can be many things, crutch, concert, or hypnotic, but at its best, it's a recreation of what the author heard as he wrote. With work like Finnegan's Wake, it may well be the only way of arriving at an experience of the book. Joyce reduces language to pure music and hearing it. One slips into a kind of swoon, and not even listening for words, but only the ebb and flow of sound. The reading aloud is not one more tool to help penetrate the jungle, but a part of the indexed. For Joyce was trying to force a conventional dimension of paper, a spatial pattern of meaning, to make a temporal sequence of words yield a sense of forward and backward, and at the same time to make English orthography fit the half-dozen languages which all too often gave him a preciser edge than any Anglo-Irish equivalent. I'm going to step, skip to Shim the Pin Man now. At least the brief statement of it. <clears throat> Shim is as short as Seamus, as Jim is for Jokey for Jacob. Thus begins a chapter with the announcement that is autobiographical. The self-portrait is grotesque, and the days of a skull, one numb arm up a sleeve, one shoulder higher than the other, a few stray hairs on a limp and chin, and so forth. He sees himself as an oracle, whose task is not to create, but merely to utter the word, for he is rejected, despised, disinherited. He takes refuge in his room, where he writes with phosphorescent ink made from his own excrement upon the fool's cap of his body, the masterpiece that no one understands. So, moral of story, folks, is listen, enjoy, just relax, and enjoy the play on words. And that's what I think what people got a kick out of James Joyce for, was once again, the play on words and just creating imagination when you're hearing or reading these things. And that's, in the end, really what reading brings us all, which, as you guys know, big reader. So, anyway, I'm just going to get into this cut right now. So let's get into Shim the Pin Man, and I will be back with you in a second. Shem is as short for Seamus as Jem is jokey for Jacob. A few tough necks are still get atable who pretend that aboriginally he was a respectable stemming. He was an outlex between the lines of Ragnar Blowbarb and Harold Hairwire, and an in-law to Captain Leon, and Reverend Mr. Birdwood de Troblog was among his most distant connections. But every honest-to-goodness man in the land of the spacer today knows that his back life will not stand being written about in black and white. Putting truth and untruth together, a shot may be made at what this hybrid actually was like to look at. Shem's bodily get-up, it seems, included an adze of a skull, an eight of a lark's eye, the whole of a nose, one numb arm up a sleeve, 42 hairs off his own crown, 18 to his mock lip, a trio of barbells from his megageg chin, Salman's son, the wrong shoulder higher than the right, all ears, an artificial tongue with a natural curl, not a foot to stand on, a handful of thumbs, a blind stomach, a deaf heart, a loose liver, two-fifths of two buttocks, one Gleechstein abertopoida for him, a man-root of all evil, a salmon-kelt's thin skin, eels blood in his cold toes, a bladder-tris tended, 
So much so that young Master Shemi, on his very first approach at the very dawn of proto-history, seeing himself such and such, when playing with thistle words in their garden nursery, Grifo Trophio at Fig Street, 111 Shovelin, Old Holland, would we go back there now for sounds, pillins and scents? Would we now for Annas and Annas? Would we for full score eight in a Loretta, for 12 blocks, one bob, for four testers, one gross? Not for a diner, <laughs> not for Joe. Dictated to of all his little brethren and sweesterines, the first riddle of the universe, asking, when is a man not a man? Telling them, take their time, young fries, and wait till the tide stops, for from the first his day was a fortnight, and offering the prize of a bittersweet crab, a little present from the past, for their copper age was yet unminted to the winner. One said, when the heavens are Quakers, a second said, when bohemian lips, a third said, when he know, when hold hard a jiffy, when he is agnostic and determined to it, the next one said, when the angel of death kicks the bucket of life. Still another said, when the wine's at wit's ends. And still another, when lovely woman stoops to conquer One of the littlest said, me, me, Sam, when papa, papa the harbour. One of the wittiest said, when he ate ye ablukuchen and his meals ye self zozuchen. Still one said, when you are old, I'm grey, fall full with sleep. And still another, when we dead a walkner. And another, when he's just only after having been semi-sized. Another, when, yea, he hath no manamas. And one, when those pigs, they begin now that they will flies up into the luft. All were wrong. So Shem himself, the doctator, took the cake, the correct solution being, I'll give it up. When he is a... Yours to the rending of the rocks, Sham. Shem was a sham, and a low sham, and his lowness creeped out first via foodstuffs. So low was he that he preferred Gibson's tea-time salmon tinned, as inexpensive as pleasing, to the plumpest row-heavy lax or the friskiest power of smoked trout that ever was gaffed between Leaslip and Island Bridge. And many was the time he repeated in his bottleism that no jungle-grown pineapple ever smacked like the whoppies he shook out of Ananias's cans, Finlayton and Gladstone's corner house England. None of your inch-thick, blue-blooded balaclava fried a belief steaks or juice, jelly legs of the Grexes, molten mutton or greasily, grisly gruntus coupons or slice-upon slab of luscious goose-bosom with lump after load of plum pudding stuffing all a-swim in a swamp of bog-oak gravy for that Greek-and-hearted dude. Roast beef of old Zealand? He could not have touched it. See what happens when your somatophage merman takes his fancy to our vegetarian swan. He even ran away with Hunself and became a far sooner right, saying he would far sooner muddle through the hash of lentils in Europe than meddle with Ireland, split little pea. Once, when among those rebels in a state of hopelessly helpless intoxication, the Piscavore strove to lift a zit-brown peel to either nostril, hiccuping, apparently impromptu by the hibity habit his glottal stop, that he... Cuckold flourish forever by the smell, as the zitter, as the cedron, like a cedar of the founts on mountains with limonon of Lebanon. Oh, the lowness of one's beneath all up to that sunk to. No like by like firewater, first served, first shot, a gullet burned gin or honest brew, barrett beer either. Oh, dear, no. Instead, the tragic jester sobbed himself, way-wingingly sick of life, 
on some sort of a rhubarbarous modern yellow-green, funkel blue, windigo, diodine applejack, squeezed from sour grapefruit. And to hear him twixt his sedimental cup slips when he had gulfed down much too many gourds of it, reaching off to almost as low with swillers, who always knew notwithstanding when they had had enough and were rightly indignant of the wretch's hospitality, when they found to the horror that they could not carry another drop, it came straight from the noble white fat Joe, open wide sat Joe, Joe, why hide that Joe, 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 the wine vat of the most serene Magansty as Archdiocese. If she's a duck, she's a duchess. And when she has a fair bow, it's not her fault now, is it? Arch touch us funnier grinning at fancy urina yet, Fanny Urinia. Ain't that swell, hey? P. Mengro, talk about loneliness. Any dog's quantity of it visibly oozed out thickly from this dirty little blacking beetle. John's is a different butcher's. Next place you are uptown, pay him a visit, or better still, come to buy. You will enjoy cattlemen's spring meat. John's is now quite divorced from baking. Fattens, kills, flays, hangs, draws, quarters and pieces. Feel his lambs. X. Feel how sheep. X. X. His liver, too, is great value, a speciality. XXX, communicated. Around that time, moreover, one generally, for love of money, hoped, or at any rate suspected among morticians, that he would early turn out badly, develop hereditary pulmonary TB, and do for himself one dandy time, nay, of a pelting night blanketed creditors, hearing a coarse song and splash of Eden Key, sighed and rolled over, sure all was up. But though he fell heavily and locally into debit, not even then could such an antinomian be true to type. He would not put fire to his cerebrum. He would not throw himself in Liffey. He would not explore himself in pneumatics. He refused to suffocate himself with a sod. With the foreign devil's leave, the frayed-born fraud diddled even death. You see, chaps, it will trickle out freaksity, of course. But the tom and the shorty of it is, he was in his bardic memory low. All the time he kept on treasuring with condign satisfaction each and every crumb of trek talk, covetous of his neighbour's word, and if ever, during a Monday conversation, he commoted in the nation's interest, delicate tippets were thrown out to him touching his evil courses by some well-wishers, vainly pleading by scriptural arguments with the opprobrious papist about trying to brace up with the kindest of the things, scallywag, and be a man instead of a damn scrounger dish at all, such as... Pray, what is the meaning, Sousie, of that continental expression, if you ever came across it? We think it is a word transpiciously like canai, or did you anywhere kennel on your gullible's travels or during your rural troubadouring, happened to stumble upon a certain gay young nobleman, whimpering to the name of Low Swine, who always addresses women out of the one corner of his mouth, lives on loans, and is forty-three years of age. Without one sigh of haste, like the supreme prig he was, and not a bit sorry, he would pull a vacant landlubber's face, root with the awakers pencil in the outer of his loucher, and then, lisping the prattle-pate parnella to kill time, and swatting his dead best to think what under the canopies of Jansen's crest would any decent son of an Albio gentleman who had been to a university think, let a lent hit a hint, and begin to tell all the intelligentsia admitted to that Tamalese Samtalese Concomazione since 
Still and before, physicians, lawyers, merchants, belfry politicians, agricolas, manufacturers, sacristans of the Pure River Society, philanthropics lodging in as many boards around the panesthetic at the same time as possible. The whole lifelong shrine story of his entire low Cornet existence. Abusing his deceased ancestors, wherever the sods were, and one moment, tara-booming, great blunderguns, pooh! about his far-famed fine Popamore, Mr. Hum-Hum, whom history, climate and entertainment made the first of his set and always up to debt. Though heaven's ears, how many finds he faces. And another moment, Beeson Rare says, crook in three years, pah, for his rotten little ghost of a peppy bag, Mr. Himmy-Shimmy, a blighty, a reeky, a lighty, a scrapey, a babbly, a ninny, dirty, seventh among thieves, and always bottom sawyer. Till no one knowed how homely home could be, giving unsolicited testimony on behalf of the absent as Gleba's eaves water to those present, who, uh, meanwhile, with increasing lack of interest in the semantics, allowed various subconscious smickers to dribble slowly across their fissures, unconsciously explaining, for instance, with a meticulosity bordering on the insane the various meanings of all the different foreign parts of speech he misused, and cuttlefishing every lie unshrinkable about all the other people in the story, leaving out, of course, for consciously the simple wharf and plague and poison they had cornered him about, until there was not a schloozer among them, but was utterly undeceived in the heel of the reel by the recital of the rigmarole. Now, it is notoriously known how on that surprisingly bludgeony unity Sunday, when the grand Jermagall all-star belt was harrowly the rage between our Weltingtons extraordinary and our petty thicks the Marshallese, and Irish eyes of welcome were smiling daggers down their backs, when the Rothweiss and Blows met the Nord Blank and Rose, and the grim white and cold met the black fight and tans, Categorically unimperative by the maxims, a rank funk getting the better of him, the scus in a bad fit of pyjamas, fled like a lever for his bare lives to Talviland, a hone, a haza, pursued by the scented curses of all the village bells, and without having struck one blow, pig stole on him was lusty lagging, it was because dusty shook, Cusky corked himself up tight in it, the worst for booze gas, there to stay in a far for the life. Where, as there was not a moment to be lost, after he had boxed around with his forty piano till he was whole, back bumping and bumping blues, he collapsed carefully under a bed tick from stretchers, his face enveloped into a dead warrior's telemac, with a lullaby's sunbombnet and a hot water bottle at his feet to stoke his energy awaiting, moaning feebly in Monk Marion monotheme, but turned long and then a nation louder while engaged in swallowing from a large ampullar. And his his purgatory was more than a nigger blow could bear. Hemi paralyzed by the tongue warfare and all the shamazel. Daily maily full of lace, holy maily mother of joss. His cheeks and trousers change in color every time a cat croaked. How's that for low, ladies and gentlemen? Why, dog of the crusty guns, whole continents rang with this Cairo current lowness. Shoals of hoories in chems upon divans, revolted Stella's Vespertine that's among them, at a bare oh, mention of the scaly ribald exclaimed, Pwass! The house O'Shea, or O'Shame, keep a piano known as the Haunted Ink Bottle. No number Brimstone Walk, Asia in Ireland, as it was infested with the raps, with his pen name Shut, 
sepia scraped on the door plate, and a blind of black sailcloth over its wan finch-oak, in which the soul-contracted son of the secret cell groped through life at the expense of the taxpayers, dejected into day and night with Jesuit bark and bitter bite, calico hydrants of sulphur and scopia lamina by full and forty queasy sanos, every day in everyone's way more exceeding in violent abuse of self and others, was the worst, it is hoped, even in our Western playboyish world, for pure mouse farm filth. You brag of your brass castle or your tiled house in Bally Ferment. This was a stinksome ink and stink, quite putznal to the rattle. As a matter of fact, Angles often and browsing there thought that Eden reeked more air. My wood. The warped flooring of the lair and sound conducting walls thereof, to say nothing of the uprights and imposts, were Persianly literature with burst love letters, tell-tale stories, sticky-back snaps, doubtful eggshells, belchers, flints, borers, puffers, amygdaloid almonds, amygdaloid almonds, rhymeless raisins, affibetiform verbiage, biblical verses, ompeter dictus, visa zombique, ahems and ahas, ineffable tries of speech on the syllables, you owe me's, I old hymns, flew foul smut, fallen lucifers, Vestas which had served, showered ornaments, borrowed brogues, reversible jackets, black eye lenses, family jars, false hair shirts, God-forsaken scapulars, never-worn breeches, cutthroat ties, counterfeit francs, best intentions, curried notes, upset Latin tin tacks, unused mill and stumpling stones, twisted quills, painful digests, Magnifying wine glasses, solid objects, cast of goblins, once current puns, quashed potatoes, messes of mottage, unquestionable issue papers, seedy ejaculations, limerick dams, crocodile tears, spilt ink, blasphematory spits, stale chestnuts, schoolgirls, young ladies, milkmaids, washerwomen's, shopkeepers' wives, merry widows, ex nuns, vice abbesses, pro virgins, super whores, silent sisters, Charlie's aunts, grandmothers, mother in laws, foster mothers, godmothers, garters, tress clippings from right lift and syndrome, worms are snot, toothsome pickings, cans of Swiss condensed milk, highbrow lotions, kisses from the antipodes, presents from pickpockets, borrowed plumes, relaxable hand grips, Princess promises, lees of wine, deoxidized carbons, convertible collars, divilooka doffers, broken wafers, unloosed shoe latchets, crooked straight waistcoats, fresh horrors from Hades, globules of mercury, undeleted glass eyes for an eye, gloss teeth for a tooth, warm own special size, long sufferings of long standing, azos, weeds, seas, yas, yos, jazz, nays, tos, zos, yeses and yeses and yeses. To which, if one has the stomach to add the breakages, upheavals, distortions, inversions of all this chambermaid music, one stands, given a grain of goodwill, a fair chance of actually seeing the whirling dervish, tumult, son of thunder, self-exiled in upon his ego, a night long a-shaken betwixt between white or red horrors, Noonday terrorised the skin and bone by an ineluctable phantom. May the shaper have mercy on him, writing the mystery of himself in furniture. Of course, our low hero was a self valitor by choice of need, so up he got whatever is meant by our Stourbridge clay kitchenette, chanting for all regaled to the like of the legs he left behind with Litty Fun Letty Fun Levin, his can traps of fermented words, Apricadabra Calubra Calorum. 
In what was meant for a closet. Aha, oh, if only he had listened better to the four masters that infanted him, Father Mathieu and Le Père Noble, and Pastor Lucas and Padre Aguilar, not forgetting lay teacher Baldwin. Aha, oh. his costive Satan's antimony and manganese libelitmious nature never needed such an alcove. So, when Robert and Mumsel, the pulpit dictators on the nudgement of their legal advisers, Messrs Codex and Codex, and under his own benefiction of their pastor, Father Flameus Falconer, boycotted him of all mutton suet candles and Rome rule stationery for any purpose, he winged away on a wild goose chase across the cathartic ocean and made synthetic ink and sensitive paper for his own end out of his wit's waste. You asking Sam Hill how? When the call comes, he shall produce nictomerically from his unheavenly body a no uncertain quantity of obscene matter not protected by copyright in the United Stars of Urania, or be deed and be doed and be dang and be done to him. With this double dye brought to blood heat, gallic acid on iron ore, through the bowels of his misery, flashly, faithfully, nastily, appropriately, this Isuan Menshevik and the first to last alchemist wrote over every square inch of the only foolscap available, his own body, till by its corrosive sublimation, one continuous present tense integument slowly unfolded all marivising, mood-moulded, cycle-wheeling history, thereby, he said, reflecting from his own individual person, life unlivable, Transaccidentated through the slow fires of consciousness into a individual chaos, perilous, potent, common to all flesh, human only, mortal. But with each word that would not pass away, the squid self, which he had squirt screened from the crystalline world, waned shagreen old and Dorian Greyer in its dudhood. This exists that is its. After having been said, we know, and dabble take dabble, and the dal dabble dab alternable. But our undiligence has been plutro tested. So enough of such porter black lonies. Too base for printing. We cannot, in mercy or justice, nor on the love and for labyrinthus, stay here for the residence of our existings, discussing Tamstar Ham of Tenman's Thirst. Justius to a mother. Brawn is my name, and broad is my nature, and I bright on my brow, and all's right with every feature, and I'll broon this bird of brown Bess's bungs gone dandy. I'm the boy to bruise and raise. Baus, stand forth, nay man of no land, for no longer will I follow you oblique like through the inspired form of the third person singular, and the moods and hesitancies of the deponent, but address myself to you, with the imperative of my vendettative, provocative and out-direct. Stand forth, come boldly, jolly me, move me, it's filling though I am, to laughter in your true colours, ere you be back forever till I give you your talking to. Shem McAdamson, you know me and I know you, and all your shemmeries. Where have you been in the uterine, enjoying yourself all the morning since your last wet-bed confession? I advise you to conceal yourself, me little friend, as I have said a moment ago, and put your hands in my hands and have a night's long, homely little confitier about things. Let me see. It is looking pretty black against you, we suggest, Shemavik. 
You will need all the elements in the river to clean you over it all and a fortifying Pope's priest power bull of a tender to booze. Let us pry. We thought would and did. Cur quiquidubi quando quamido quoties quibis auxilies. You are bred, fed, fostered, and fattened from holy childhood up in this two Easter island on the pie jaw of hilarious heaven, and roaring the other place, plunders tonight of you, blunders what's left of you, flash as flash can. And now, forsooth, a nogger among the blankards of this dastard century, you have become of twosome twyminds for nenced gods, hidden and discovered. Nay, condemned fool, anarch, egoarch, hyresiarch, you have reared your disunited kingdom on the vacuum of your own most intensely doubtful soul. Do you hold yourself then for some god in the manger, Shehem, that you will neither serve nor let serve, pray nor let pray? And here, pay the piety, must I too nerve myself to pray for the loss of self-respect, to equip me for the horrible necessity of scandalizing, my dear sisters, are you ready? By sloughing off my hope and tremors while we all swim together in the pool of Sodom. I shall shiver for my purity while they will weep big for your sins. Sniffer of carrion, premature grave digger, Seeker of the nest of evil in the bosom of a good word, you who sleep at our vigil and fast for our feast, you with your dislocated reason have, cutely foretold, a joffet in your own absence, by blind pouring upon your many scalds and burns and blisters, impedigenous sore and pustules, by the auspices of that raven cloud your shade, under the auguries of rooks in Parliament. Death with every disaster, the dynamitization of colleagues, the reducing of records to ashes, the leveling of all customs by blazes, the return of a lot of sweet-tempered gunpowder didst unto dust. But it never struck your mudhead's obtundity. Oh, hell, here comes our funeral. Oh, pestle, miss the post. That the more carrots you cut, the more turnips you slit, the more fish you peel, the more onions you cry over, the more bull beef you butch. The more mutton you crack a hack, the more pot herbs you pound, the fiercer the fire and the longer your spoon, and the harder you gruel with more grease to your elbow, the merrier fumes your new Irish stew. Let me finish. Just a little Judas tonic me gem of all jokes to make you go green in the gazer. Do you hear what I'm saying, Hammett? And remember that golden silence gives consent, Mr. Anklegazer. Cease to be civil, learn to say nay. Whisht! Come here, her studiosus, till I tell you a wig in your ear. We'll do a whisper drive. For if the Barish has got a twitter of it, they tell the housetops, and then all Cadbury go crackers. Look, do you see your dial in the rocking glass? Look well, bend on a stigma to like... It's secret... Igraya said the boozleers. I had it from Lampost Shaw, and he had it from the Muller, and Mull took it from a blue coat schooler, and Gay Socks jotted it from Potiphar's wife, and Rantipole tipped the wink from old Mrs. Tinbullet, and as for she was confessed by pro brother to the Colicus, and the good brother feels he would need to defecate you, and the flimsy fallets are simply beside each other, and Kelly Kenny and Kiora up, up, and in arms, that a cross may crush me if I refuse to believe in it, that I may rock anchor through the ages if I hope it's not true, that the host may choke me if I benevolent you without me charity. Shh, sham you are. Shh.
He points the death bone and the quick are still. Insia somnia somniorum amum. Mercius of his self. Domine vobiscus. My fault, his fault. A kingship through a fault. Pariah. Cannibal Cain. I, who oathly forswore the womb that bore you, and the paps I sometimes sucked. You, who ever since have been one black mass of jigs and jim jams, haunted by convulsionary sense of not having been, or being all that I might have been of you meant to be coming, bewailing like a man that innocence which I could not defend like a woman. Lo, you there, Catherine Carberry, and thank movies from the innermost depths of my still attrite heart, wherein the days of your youth are ever mixed in mine. Now, ere the compline hour of being alone that hands itself, and a puff or so before we yield our spiritus to the wind. For it is to you, firstborn and first fruit of woe, to me, branded sheep, pick of the waste or paper bascal, by the tremors of Thundery and Ulleran's dog star. You alone, wind-blasted tree of the knowledge of a beautiful land devil, I, clothed upon with a mitual and shimmering like the horizons, astrogodynamonologus, the child of Nilfit's father, Blisbub, to me, unseen blusher in an obscene coal hole, the kubilibum of your secret sigh, dweller in the down and most where voice only of the dead may come, because ye left from me, because ye laughed on me, because, O oh, me lonely son, ye are forgetting me, that our turf-brown mummy is a-coming, alpilla, beltilla, chiltilla, deltilla, running with our tidings, old the news of the great big world. Sonny's had a scrap, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bab's baby walks at seven months, way, way, way. Bride leaves her raid at punches time. Stud stone before a race course full. Two bells that make the one appeal. Dry yanks will visit old sod. And four-tiered skirts are up, mesdames, while Paddy McNee wears popular short legs. And twelve house to mix a tipsy wake. Did you hear? Cold Cooney, did you ever filly Fortescue? With a beck, with a spring, all our real ringlets shaking, rocks drops in her takey, tram tokens in her hair, all waved to a point and then all inundation. Little old-fashioned mummy, Little wonderful mummy ducking under bridges, bell hopping the weirs, dodging by a bit of bog, rabbit shooting round the bends, by Tala's green hills and the pools of the Fuca, and a place they call it Blessington, and slipping sly by Sally Noggin, as happy as the day is wet, babbling, bubbling, chattering to herself, deluthering the fields on her elbows, leaning with a slithering slide of her giddy gaddy granima gossipacious Anna Livia. He lifts the life wand and the dumb speak. Talk about great reading. 
technique and oration right there, right? I don't mean to keep beating up the word, but man, I wish I had that ability. When you, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, hope you folks enjoyed that. Really sets the mind to just try and imagine, I guess, what the back of the record said, seeing what the author was trying to convey as they wrote out the words on a page. So, folks, real quick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my contact info. I have various social medias you can look me up on FB, Instagram, Twitter, Mixcloud, and, of course, my main Podbean. Send me a message there. But you can also send me a message at my email. That's deathjuke at yahoo.com. That's one lowercase word. That's D E F. J-U-K at yahoo.com. Put the subject as aesthetic sound waves. That way I know not to delete it. And I for sure will get back to you guys. And that is that. So I want to keep less talking going though, for sure. I'm going to get into the next one, poem reading. And this comes off in a record I got some time back. It's called Poems from Black Africa. It's edited by Langston Hughes, read by James Earl Jones, and same actually publishing company and record company, Cademan Publishers. It was put out in 1963. I know you folks are going to enjoy this, and it is Black History Month, of course, so, you know, that needs to be remembered. And food for thought. How about not just make it for one month and jump on the typical trend of everyone doing it for a month and forgetting about it? Shouldn't it be, you know, remembered daily, yearly? I mean, real realistically, we live our, whomever we are, we live our lives all the time, every single day. So what I'm saying is the month thing is great, but we should live that every day of our lives yearly and more than that. Always remember that, right? Just food for thought. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go out on this note, at least for me. But, uh, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the poems. I know you like them. I actually played these on my show before on certain cuts, but this is uh, other cutouts and parts of the record I, I slapped together, I spliced together, so to speak. Folks... Be safe, take care of yourselves out there, and be safe, keep your heads up, and we're going to get through this crazy mess, like I always say, and I'm going to keep saying that until all this this whole, whole ordeal is done. So, till next wave, I will see you. This is your man, Glass, signing out. Peace. James D. Rubadiri. Stanley meets Mutesa. Such a time of it they had. The heat of the day, the chill of the night, and the mosquitoes that followed. Such was the time, and they bound for a kingdom. The thin, weary line of carriers with tattered, dirty rags to cover their backs, the battered, bulky chests that kept on falling off their shaven heads, the tempers high and hot, the sun fierce and scorching, with it rose their spirits, with its fall their hopes, as each day sweated their bodies dry 
and flies clung in clumps on their sweat-scented backs. Such was the march, and the hot season just breaking. Each day a weary pony dropped, left for the vultures on the plains. Each afternoon a human skeleton collapsed, left for the Maasai on the plains. But the march trudged on, its khaki leader in front, he the spirit that inspired, he the light of hope. Then came the afternoon of a hungry march. A hot and hungry march it was. The Nile and the Nyanza lay like two twins, azure across the green countryside. The march leapt on, chanting like young gazelles to a water hole. Hearts beat faster, loads felt lighter as the cool water lapped their sore feet. No more the dread of hungry hyenas, but only tales of valor when at Mutesa's court fires are lit. No more the burning heat of the day, but song, laughter, and dance. The village looks on behind banana groves. Children peer behind reed fences. Such was the welcome. No singing women to chant a welcome, or drums to greet the white ambassador. Only a few silent nods from aged faces, and one rumbling drum roll to summon Mutesa's court to parley, for the country was not sure. The gate of reeds is flung open. There is silence, but only a moment's silence, a silence of assessment. The tall black king steps forward. He towers over the thin, bearded white man, then grabbing his lean white hand, manages to whisper, Mtu muyupe karibu. White man, you are welcome. The gate of polished reed closes behind them and the West is let in. Francis Ernest Cabina Parks, Three Phases of Africa. Midnight. Lord, tis midnight. Dark, gloomy midnight. Midnight without stars. Hush. It comes, and with it rise those ghosts. They rise, the goblins with breath of flame, midnight black and red of fire. Mark, oh mark the deep silence. How can I not prefer the noisy revolt, the push of life, to this which inspires naught but fear, suggests naught but foul death? The palm trees whisper, rousing the sleeping vultures. Lo, the dogs are barking. They must have seen those ghosts in being with red-hot breath in this dark night. Lord, what barking. Silence again. The witches have risen and must have found a prey. Alas for that sucking babe torn from its mother's breast in this dark hour. Market screams. Shrill. Shriller yet. And then silence again. They must have borne its piteous soul up, up the coconut tree, where the vultures are waiting. The wind blows, blows, sighs, sighs for that babe which blind it is. Do you not hear a sound? When? Now. This jet-black night, when ghosts have risen, and wicked gods wreak vengeance on the cursed. Did you not hear that moan, that cry? 
'twas that babe whose eyes had been gorged by those vultures vile, those witches stewards of the coconut tree. That awe-inspiring silence once again, and now I hear the tread of wicked gods. I must not sleep, hag-ridden me, while those witches hack that hapless babe, which blinded is, up, up the tree. See, see, my bed is wet, wet with the sweat of my cold, cold frame. But I must not rise at this dark, gloomy hour, when the ghosts have risen, and the echoes are whistling, and the gods are all clanking the chains on their feet. No, I must not rise, when the breath of flame makes that black night so red, and the witches are feeding on the soul of that babe, which the vultures have blinded. Lord, still midnight. Black man's God. Our God is great. Who dare deny it? Our God is great, powerful and dark, peering through ages, healing, killing, guiding. Our God is black and like a goddamned God, guiding when loving, killing when angered. Our God is powerful, all-powerful and black, and like all deities, our Godhead likes blood. Whether it be blood of Isaac or Ram, our God likes blood. Bloodthirsty and powerful is the black man's God, and almighty. Our God feeds lavish, relishing all sacrifice, preferring not the thicketed Ram to childhood's innocent freedom. Our God is like all gods, hungering for oblation, thirsting for the blood of Abel. And like all other gods, our God must be the oppressor, not the oppressed, must point a cursing hand and make us fugitives and vagabonds, tilling the unyielding vine. Our God is immortal, suffering's dread legacy, affliction's living monument, unchanged, unchanging, unchangeable. Black men, heathens, idolaters, our God is like all gods, slow to anger when fed fat on yams, and of great mercy when suckled on blood. Brothers, black men, jungle men, our God is like all gods, powerful and blood-loving. Go tell those priests, messengers of gods across the seas, since our God is powerful and like their other gods, we will after no other. We stay here with our own. The graven image and the struggle, the hunted deer and libation, we stay here with the Eucharist of Capetble and palm nut soup. Every valley shall be exalted. Every valley shall upright stand. Earth's lowly one shall rise in black renaissance. Let us burn Bibles for incense. The rejected babe drowns in the man-made ravine, storm-beaten, sun-scorched, fleeced, outdooring the star of the east. They that ride white asses shall roll in the debris of destruction their minded fashion. Their banquet halls are doomed. In ghosts awake, their tabernacles of gold shall find their joyless grave. Those that grope the sidewalks shall find resurrection in crumbs of fulfillment. Those that chew oppression's bitter corn 
shall reap earth's joys, their sweated water, and mud huts rise above the rubbish heaps of yesteryear's cathedrals. But them that from their hills of greed did scorn the toils of earth shall moan by empty graveyards at the trumpet of awakening. For the new dawn is broken, the upright palm goes to his farm, the mighty are no more, cassocks are no more, scepters are no more, the palm gives of its wine at the sacramental font. Ellis Aite Come, the damage you have done. When I see blood pouring down the valleys, mahoganies trembling with fear, and palms drooping with disease, I know you cannot stay with me, nor hold a light across the land, the damage you have done. When I remember how you looked the first day you entered my hut, a candle in one hand and a book in the other, I know that your days are now gone with the locust across the farm, the damage you have done. And when the first drop of rain manures the soil, now almost gray, a hoe in one hand, wheat in the other, and a curse on the lips, I'll set to work if the land is to recover from the damage you have done. Roland Tombekai Dempster Africa's plea. I am not you, but you will not give me a chance, will not let me be me, if I were you. But you know I am not you, yet you will not let me be me. You meddle, interfere in my affairs as if they were yours and you were me. You are unfair, unwise, foolish to think that I can be you. Talk, act, think like you. God made me, me. He made you, you. For God's sake, let me be me. Bloke Modesani, Blue Black. God, glad I'm black. Pitchforking devil black. Black, black, black. Black absolute of life complete. Greedifully grabbing life's living, stupor drunkenness, happiness, depth of hurt, anger of sorrow, synthesis of joy, sadness, composite child of life, pulsating, brash, hatred coarse, joy smooth, stupid, Solomon wise, sallow, coconut tree tall, confused, sure, diverse continent, Cape Mild, acrid scorching Sahara, temperate Mediterranean, sun total black, the one that is I, the one, no one, that is us all. Bloke Modesani, black blues. The blues is the black of the face. I said, black is the blues face. It's black in the morning, beige in the sun, and blue-black all night long. Oh, the blues is a black devil face. I said, devil black is the blues face. It's black in the morning, beige in the sun, and blue-black all night long. My baby, say to me, daddy, 
Sit down and listen, Candy. The blues is in your blood, black down deep in your skin, and the devil rides on your back. The mean black blues got my daddy. Those black mean blues got your daddy. You're black in the morning, beige in the sun, candy black all night long. My dugout canoe goes swiftly down the river. In every tree, the monkeys are chattering and crying. Oh, big jungle hunter, tell me of their trouble. The little monkey broke his leg, so they're all crying. Then bend to your paddle, hunter of the river, and tell the mother that her monkey baby's crying. The little monkey broke his leg, and they're all crying. Na 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 crew, jump in my canoe. Na na, I paid my dowry for you. I saw your ma and I saw your pa. I gave them two goat, two cow, sixteen sheep. Jump in my canoe. Na na, I paid my dowry for you. Na 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 crew. Half sigh, imaginary flower. The girl had come to meet me when it occurred to her parents to stop her. I addressed her with beautiful words, but she did not answer. You will get old here, you and remorse. We and love, we shall go home. My mother bore me, a foolish child. Father begat me, a foolish child. My mother bore me, a simpleton. Father begat me, a simpleton. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank thee. Thou art likened to the Corona constellation, which makes the warm sea icy, the bright rays of the sun. That reached the darkest spot in the forest, the stumpy tree in the road, over which only the wise can go, the egg from which no one can tie a knot. Thou bird of the roadway, thou guide of the dead, the single creeper that constitutes the grove, the ring on the father's finger, the deep water whose bed no one has seen, the vigilant that can trace the footmarks of the diker on the rock, the lion of immense grove. Blessings be unto thee, O Lamb. Give me my salt. Salt the market folk gave me. The market folk ate my fruits. Fruits the fruit picker gave me. The farmer broke my hoe. Hoe the smith gave me. The smith ate my yam. Yam an old woman gave me. The old woman ate my bird. The bird my trap gave me, my faithful, useful trap. One morning I got up to pick oranges in the garden, and I saw this. I saw the rising sun, and the little bird singing his morning song, and I heard this. The little bird chirped, "Quee quee quee," and begged, "Please leave my little ones in their nest." And I said this. First I chirped, "Quee quee quee," and then I said, "Don't be afraid. I am your friend." And what was asked, I did. 
Since that day, the little bird loves me, and his sweet song gives me great pleasure. And this is what happened. He is Shaka the Unshakable, Thunderer while sitting, son of Menzi. He is the bird that preys on other birds, the battle axe that excels other battle axes. He is the long-strided pursuer, son of Ndaba, who pursued the moon and the sun. He is the great hubbub, like the rocks of Nkandla, where the elephants take shelter, when the heavens frown. Tis he whose spears resound, causing wailings. Thus all women shall stay in abandoned houses, and old men shall drop by the wayside. The far-off mountains hide you from me, while the nearer ones overhang me. Would that I had a heavy sledge to crush the mountains near me. Would that I had wings like a bird to fly over those far away. A mighty bell is six o'clock. I went to Rene and found the men driven by six o'clock. I went to Conce and found the men toiling at six o'clock. Back at Tinara, I found the men bullied by six o'clock. Pass office song. The scene is any pass office where all male Africans must go to get their registration certificates. There they may wait in queues for hours and sometimes for days before they are attended to. Take off your hat. What is your home name? Who is your father? Who is your chief? Where do you pay your tax? What river do you drink? We mourn for our country. Keep it dark. Don't tell your wife. For your wife is a log that is smoldering surely. Keep it dark. Keep it dark. Don't tell your wife. For your wife is a pot. And then bang. Is all out and about. Keep it dark. Trousers of wind and buttons of hail. A lump of shore earth. At Gonda nothing left. A hyena bearing meat. Led by a leather thong. Some water in a glass. Left standing by the fire. A measure of water. Thrown on the hearth. A horse of mist. And a swollen ford. Useless for anything useful to no one. Why am I in love with such a man as he? Listen to Ruckus Avenue Radio on Dash Radio.com and download the app today.